0: Welcome to the Tapping Into podcast with Sarah Tobin. That's me. I've created this podcast to help you discover and tap into spiritual, alternative, and natural practices that could really change your life. I've been on a spiritual journey my whole life and I'm now an EFT or tapping practitioner. In this podcast, I have honest conversations on topics that I hope will deepen your soul connection, allow you to reclaim your power and confidence know that you're not alone and feel inspired to find out more. I really hope this helps you on your journey. Thanks for tuning in to the first episode of season two. Today I'm chatting with Clemmie Telford and if you don't know her she's an author, podcaster, creator of Mother of All Lists Creative Director and much more. You can find her at Clemmy underscore Telford on Instagram and Facebook. Her new book, But Why, is on pre-order now too. I'm also on an alcohol-free journey and I'm six months in. As a newbie who has followed Clemmy for about five years and learned from her journey, I was really keen to explore this topic with her. We cover why she gave up alcohol, alcohol habits during lockdown positive benefits she's felt so far coping out of the house without alcohol the connotations of being sober and alcoholism how alcohol related deaths have increased over the last year how being sober has impacted her marriage and checking in and regaining control of your relationship with alcohol i really hope you enjoy this chat and you get something from it Welcome, Clemmy, to the podcast. Thank you so much for your time today. And I know already that sharing your story about not drinking has helped so many people on your um, Instagram feed and channels. And it's definitely introduced me to the concept of sober curious. And here I am now. I looked, I'm about a hundred what am I, 116 days alcohol-free today. And you are over 600 days. That is yeah,
1: I'm trying amazing. to think. <laughs> yeah um yeah it's uh it's absolutely bizarre in fact i was saying to someone yesterday on instagram now because i finished i stopped drinking in 2019 and now we're in 2021 it suddenly feels like yeah you know the whole of last year i didn't have a drink and that is really mad to me especially given that 2020 was the year that it was (laughs) it's mad
0: i think that is you know so commendable, and I hope you've given yourself many uh, pats on the back for that. <laughs> it was so hard. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, I, I, I have actually. It's something I'm extremely proud of. Good, you definitely should be. Um,
0: so, before you kind of decided to to give up drinking, what was your relationship like with alcohol?
1: This is a really interesting one, and it's quite hard to put into words because actually the longer that I have not drunk, the more I've changed the way I understand what my relationship was. So I think I started drinking in my teens, as everybody did, um, and drunk a lot at uni, and then I got a job in advertising. Now that is an industry that is absolutely all about work hard, play hard. So that's what I did. I drank, I drank realistically to the point of blackout quite often, but never really thought about it as being strange because it's just what everyone around me was doing. And I just thought it was it was part of the crack, I guess. And then I had my kids, and I have got I had three under five. So for you know the last however many years, I basically have had enforced sobriety. Although I did drink a bit when I was pregnant with them, but yeah, pregnancy and breastfeeding. So I I was kind of a, this mindset of like as soon as I finish having the kids, I can't wait to get back on the horse. I'm going to start like not partying again, but be able to drink without with with more, less restraints. And then as soon as I did, I just suddenly realized that I'll give you a really long answer here. Sorry, that my, my mental health and my anxiety was absolutely tied to drinking. So I had terrible anxiety in like the end of my twenties and early thirties. But I just thought that was something that had come from nowhere and then yeah for it to suddenly rear its head again when I could get back on drinking I suddenly realised that um although I no longer drunk to the point of blackout because of my responsibility with the kids every time I did drink it would trigger this terrible anxiety but I kept doing it a because I wanted to tap into being that fun person that I thought I was before I had kids Mm. and and B because when you have been that party girl, or not even a party girl, was I a party girl? It's hard to know. But when you've been that person, drinking was a, was a part of my identity. And mm. to, to, to decide not to do that anymore took me took me a long time and many years, really. But eventually, the anxiety would kick in, really, almost before I drunk, the kind of self-loathing and the shame. I think because I knew I shouldn't be doing it, but I kept on doing it and then one one fateful night, or actually there was a, I went out with a load of people off Instagram actually, and we went out for lunch and we were all drinking. And I had maybe two drinks a whole night and went home at nine because I was in this pit of anxiety. And they all went out on a proper big one. And the next morning, they were all able to laugh about it. And I just was hating myself. I just thought, this isn't worth it. I have done nothing wrong. I've yeah. not done very much. And, and I, I'm hating it. So that was that.
0: Gosh, it sounds like you have a very loud inner critic.
1: I mean, yes, definitely. But... <laughs> I think, I think for me, there's something in that I started drinking before I became an adult. So I never knew myself without alcohol. It, and, yeah. and again, this isn't in an extreme way, but my whole of my kind of, as soon as I started socializing, it was with a drink in my hand. As soon as I started doing events, it was with a drink in my hand. And, you know, none of us realize how much those couple of cheeky glasses of Prosecco become this, something that we rely on i think
0: so many people can relate to that because you know we're you're, you're talking and I'm, I'm seeing my life flash before my eyes i was in the advertising industry as well um and yeah it's
1: you're right we don't we don't know who we are without it. no and i was like oh i'm so fun now actually i know myself much better now i have got extrovert tendencies but they are I have to really charge up in between those so i'm like i need a lot of time alone i'm probably quite introvert what do they call it introvert extrovert introvert, but yeah. actually what yes what i was able to do with drink is to bring on that real extrovert version of me time and time again but what i didn't realize is that was actually extremely draining on who i am as a person and so you kind of you know like, oh yeah i'm this really fun extrovert person but Maybe I'm not really, or I am, but it takes a lot more um yeah but you you get stuck in this identity of if that's who who you think you are, that's who people think you are, and yeah it, and it's interesting to me when people say you know i'm i'm I don't really drink, I only have one or two, and that doesn't mean that you've got a drinking problem, but it means that you're used to alcohol being a lubricant for your kind of personality and you don't even realize that that's the case
0: yeah and for me it was like um alcohol was kind of that party girl thing too like that the extra energy the extra boost the fun the dancing and everything but over time and into motherhood it became a relaxant for me did that was that the same mm. for you
1: yeah yeah and also i think i touched on it in my kind of beginning spiel it's also me trying to get back in touch with the thing with that version of me the thing about motherhood is it's you have to realistically kiss goodbye to quite a lot of that and by having a drink I was able to feel a bit more like me and I think Mm. also for my husband and I it would share a bottle of wine in the evening and for for that half an hour or 12 minutes whatever you feel a bit more like Ben and Clemmy three kids and so it's it's an it's an enticing quick fix you know to 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 access that part of your life and to and to blur out I think if we're really honest and this is my big like my big personal light bulb moment is I was always chasing that really hazy feeling that kind of oh you know everything's a bit hazy and dreamy and, and when you're first drunk and it's your shoulders go down but actually what what are you trying to, to like turn the dial on? What are you trying to zone out? Like now the best thing for me about being sober is absolute clarity at every moment. I know what I've said. I remember everything. If we've had a good time, like it's all in my mind and and something that I can remember. you know there's there's never those blurring moments in my life anymore, and I think that's a real transition for me
0: yeah that that's incredible um w- did you decide you know uh, okay i'm going to give up i've decided to give up now but i'm going to give up on x date and then i'll have a couple of drinks you know leading up to that and then do it or did you literally just wake up one day and go right that's it
1: so that that night out that i'm talking about yeah the next morning i was just like this has got to stop i could just okay. see that this and it wasn't. This has got to stop because I've been an idiot. Because actually, there were times before that when I felt more like that. I just could see that alcohol was not working for me. Like, how can people go much harder and still be able to have a good time? And it and I basically, my self-loathing and anxiety off the back of it has ruined what was a nice night because I've, I'm, you know, I'm critiquing myself and that anxiety, which I know lots of people get.
0: Mm.
1: It's just like is for me, it was happening of just such a tiny amount of alcohol because I think it just became the shorthand it's just a bit of a tangent, but I think people really understand that you for some people you can't have much caffeine like I absolutely know what my caffeine limits are or it mm-hmm. triggers anxiety and and people aren't dialed into that with alcohol like it's very yeah. normal for someone to say oh no i d- I don't have a coffee after twelve or actually I'm only on decaf because it it affects my sleep and my, and my, yeah, my mood. Same with alcohol. Like some people's tolerance just, yeah, for me, it just so quickly ended up flipping a switch and it took me a really long time to realize that, that, that they were absolutely linked like that.
0: I think we're programmed, aren't we, from such a young age. We see our parents drinking and having fun and then there's, you know, Mm. we're exposed to the celebrity cultures and they've all got drinks in their hands and then we get into our teens and it's almost the the biggest milestone that you want to happen in your life. You know, you're waiting to turn a certain age so you can have a drink. and Get served, yeah. Yeah, and it just becomes this, you know, goal and conditioning, I suppose, into the brain that Mm. life on with alcohol or you can relax with alcohol or you can be yourself with alcohol and and really do you, I am I'm, I'm sensing and I'm seeing around me that that's slowly trying to change I mean I think there's definitely and and you can see it in the shops like Tesco where I go to now there, there's so many amazing non-alcoholic drinks out there and mm-hmm. um, and so obviously the the companies, drinks companies are jumping on the bandwagon too. But I think it's slowly becoming more accessible. Have you seen that? Because you're, you're nearly two years in. So have you seen that in yeah. majorly?
1: Well, I mean, th- I think there's two things happening. I think we have, without getting really serious, I mean, read a thing on the BBC that's off the back of the last, of COVID, there's been more alcohol-related deaths than ever before. I think we need to be uh, absolutely aware of what is happening in people's homes i think like the problem with this pandemic there are many problems with this pandemic but this has been going on for a year now i've seen you know people whose habits might have been in control have just done that shift you know and i absolutely recognize it like we we're all stuck in our homes day blends into night week blends into weekend and and alcohol becomes a thing there and i and i do worry that this is like people have the the balance has shifted and they are falling into a place that is is much more serious um but on the other hand it's really difficult in terms of the rise of um sobriety because once you become plugged into this world (laughs) you see it everywhere yes Um, um and for me and i think your your habits change now that i am someone who doesn't drink I spend a lot more time in a community in like the fitness world and therefore alcohol is not such a big part of that and so I feel like I've really lent into that world but it's interesting to me as when I was a person who was drinking I could just never understand people who would say oh I can't do that I'm going to go and play netball on a Saturday morning I was just like what is wrong with them <laughs> why would you why would you curtail a night out to go, to, to go and play a sport and it, and it's yeah. and also at a wedding I'd be like, Oh, you know, everyone was so drunk. And then when you're a sober person at this event, they are not. There are more sober people in any given situation than you would possibly imagine. You know, people are ill, people are, you know, fertility things are pregnant, or maybe they just don't like drinking. And and it's just like yeah, as a person who's drinking, you see the whole world as as this boozy thing. And yeah. There, there there really is a whole other world out there. And when I'm getting up at silly oclock on a Saturday to exercise, my thought process is, why on earth would you ruin your weekend by having a bottle and a half of wine on a Friday night? I am so grateful to be up on a Saturday feeling great. And it's just um, yeah, I think people who drink have this sense of of pity for people who don't, and it couldn't be further from the reality. <laughs> i I have not envious of you, I am so grateful to be in this place,
0: yeah. It's amazing, so obviously your energy and your interest in physical activity has gone up, so what, what else has changed <laughs> in your life like around your maybe your mental voice, the kind of the inner critic, those emotions, of that has that changed a lot?
1: Yeah, I think the way I always look at it is for my mental health to, to kind of be the most stable, I need to be eating well, I need to be sleeping well, and i need to be moving regularly and alcohol would just throw all of those things off balance and again not in a in a huge way but it's like you know that you don't sleep as well when you've had a bottle of whatever however much wine Actually, not i never used to have a bottle i don't know what i'm talking about but you know that waking in the middle of the night when your blood sugar's crashed you wake up the next day and you you have a bit more of a indulgent breakfast and you can't be bothered to work out and it's just that thing even on a weekly basis or a couple of times a week where the balance tips and it makes, made for me keeping steady mental health really difficult. Now my base level is consistent apart from the fact that we've thrown in this pandemic, but you know what I mean? We've, I just feel so much, so much more level all the time. There is no uh, Saturdays written off or Mm -hmm. Mondays full of regret. Every day is, is kind of, bit of a fresh clean slate and that that's amazing it's
0: just amazing that alcohol had that such an impact on you yet it took you know a while to to realize it i just don't think that people are Fully connected to their bodies and and present and yeah. aware of what goes on around them, and and that includes you know making sure they have enough water even in there. You know people don't realize when they're dehydrated. Like that we're that disconnected yeah. from our bodies. So have you felt more connected now to who you are and what you need you need out of life?
1: Yeah, I do. I I, I yeah, I do. I just feel like I'm just doing myself a favor at all the times, so and that's such mm. a it's going to sound go really into like self-help with community, but <laughs> if you're living unknowingly in a, in a kind of cycle of shame with alcohol and not doing, not tuning into what you need, both in terms of your body and your mind, you're constantly letting yourself down. But every time, I mean, we don't go out anymore, of course, but <laughs> every morning when I'd wake up having decided not to drink, I do feel a huge act of gratitude to myself. And as someone who does, yeah, was prone to a, a not a very nice, um, not very nice self-talk. To have that um, sense of gratitude is is amazing. Yeah, it's um, and it's also, I do think it's a bit of an act of rebellion. Again, I was brought up, as, <laughs> and I think with a similar age, but of that kind of um, ladder booze culture. And I thought it was like really cool for girls to drink pints to think sobriety is an act of rebellion like you're you're Mm -hmm. having to resist something that is is so as you say so in tune it it, it, uh, ingrained in the society in the uk that yeah to step out of that and say i'm going to do what's right for me feels bloody amazing also you save loads of money (laughs) <laughs> that is another thing no one talks about like if you go on a night you go out for dinner again something we don't do anymore but you split the bill without the booze you to have eaten in the nicest restaurant and your bill is never going to be very much and that feels great every night every time that happens
0: yeah yeah that is a, a, another amazing bonus to the whole thing I just what you when you say talking about that gratitude I just feel like it's just so beautiful and I'm sure you know, in many, many years to come, regardless of what you do with with alcohol in the future, it's like, you'll look back at this time and be so proud of the decision that you made and the, yeah. you know, and, and you, you sometimes get urges, you know, I'm sure, do you? So how, how
1: do you deal with those? Mm. I think it's funny. Someone said, why do you like clock the days? Why do you have an app running? And I don't check it very much anymore. But for mm. me, it's such a brilliant, um, visual metaphor, why would I throw away 600 or whatever days for two hours? Like, it, it would be it would be so much to give away now that it, it, the balance just isn't worth it. So, and I, I have, I do know that the moments when I most want to drink are the moments when it's the worst idea. I only ever want to All drink right. if it's been a terrible week, and the kids have had a bad bedtime. And I want a gin. I want a gin and tonic because it will um help me unwind really quickly. But that is because I'm drinking to try and make myself feel better. but what i what I think with that kind of moment and what I was doing for many years before, I think that alcohol is like um shape you know, like spanx. If you try and like sup- suppress those negative emotions, whether that's st- well, it's usually stress, isn't it? Or yeah. yeah, anxiety or feeling down, they they don't disappear. They just get pushed out somewhere else. And mm-hmm. I think that was for years what I didn't understand is if I was drinking on a Friday night because I'd had a stressful week, no wonder I'd feel worse on a Saturday morning because those emotions have just been squished and exacerbated. Yeah, we, plus drinking, the shame and the guilt. <laughs> yeah and you know oh yeah this is why it's a recipe and not a good recipe and (laughs) the thing is with the with those friday you know friday nights is definitely the kind of slight triggering thing i i have Mm. had this thing i mean i don't really feel like this anymore but in, in the kind of first six months to a year if i could just distract myself basically from seven till nine have a long bath have a nice dinner and then by nine o'clock I lost the interest in doing it anyway and it it's such a it's such a small window actually of just um kind of wriggling through your own kind of discomfort and then yeah then have some nice chocolate and go to bed and 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 then yeah it's another kind of day done and yeah another feeling grateful the next morning great so you kind of you've you've
0: identified things that help you relax instead of alcohol and during that window of feeling triggered you put them into place like maybe con- maybe yeah. more subconsciously than consciously at times mm-hmm. that that sounds mm-hmm. like a really good strategy isn't it to kind of having kind of a, a toolkit of things to help relax to help yeah. you relax things you enjoy doing like exercise obviously is one of those things for you as well mm-hmm. yeah
1: anything that helps you be in your body is is the thing that unlocks it for me so yeah being in a bath really good for getting me off my phone and and in my body but yeah exercise is the the thing that has transformed everything for me because and it's difficult because i don't want to replace one kind of addict slightly addictive behavior with another but (laughs) you do i still do want a kind of release and 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 exercise offers that
0: yeah, in a healthier, much, like, less toxic way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. I think yeah. we forget that alcohol is full of toxins.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think if we if, yeah. we, if we spoke yeah. about that, like, like um, objectively, you know, without the kind of the marketing or the funds side of things, we would kind of look at it and think, what are we doing, actually?
1: Yeah, it's absolute madness. And that's the thing, like, people are like, do you miss it? And, like, I would... I miss the the flavor of a nice glass of red wine, but but it's just a glass of liquid. I mean, mm. it's like the most. It's just a drink. It's just a drink. It's like the most yeah. bizarre thing that it holds this this huge power. Yeah, um, it's like a gateway it, to it, something else, yeah, but it's not really. It's, not, it's, it's not, like a false yeah. gateway. <laughs> it is, and I think for me, there's a real experience in. Um, like people like do you still have fun on a night out i still have a an amazing time number one there isn't this low-lying panic about the hangover or the shame but also you get more i think my body gets better at producing that kind of oxytocin and and all that feel good feeling and everyone else's energy is really contagious like those Mm -hmm. belly laughs when you have them are, are for real like that is the best kind of high you know it's it's not been made by yeah a chemical it's your body's made it and i think that is you your body has to reconnect with that a bit i think because we're we're so used to the easy fix of have a drink and accessing it really quickly but it does still happen it just takes a bit longer
0: i have not thought about that at all that's so powerful actually it's almost training your body to naturally get the high
1: yeah, but it definitely it definitely does happen. I like, I can feel so giddy sometimes. And I've talked to a lot of this this community about the next morning, I like have a massive adrenaline drop. What what I would perhaps once have thought might have been a hangover actually. And you're like, this is really spooky. And sometimes it's just from exhaustion or tiredness or if you've been drinking drinks with a lot of sugar, but actually If your body's bought all that kind of adrenaline and excitement, you still can have a bit of a feeling a bit flat the next day. It's quite interesting. So
0: going back to kind of like the the early days for you and the, obviously back mm-hmm. then you were able to socialise and, you know, you would go to events and you'd be going up to paid <laughs> events and hosting events and all sorts of things that would probably draw, you know, bring, naturally bring anxiety to you anyway. How did you cope mm-hmm. with that? So for people coming, you know, eventually, fingers crossed, we will be back to that at some point this year or whatever. You know, someone's contemplating, oh, it's much easier to kind of quit now when I don't have the social triggers and and social environments to make me want to drink. Um, What advice, like how did you get through that and what advice would you have?
1: Um, I think be kind to yourself. Like it's really normal to feel a bit nervous before those things. But um, I think I just would approach them differently. I'd go into them a bit quieter. I'd gone, if you look around, you'll find other people not drinking, you know. And I just hone in on someone like that and have a have a um, quite chat. Especially in the world that I'm in, there's often people who are pregnant. So that go and hone in on the pregnant person for a chat. Um, and then a question I always get asked is, what about people pressuring you into drinking? Yeah, I mark my words. If you say to someone, "I'm I'm I'm not drinking tonight," and say it with conviction, no one will badger you again. They never do, like people are really respectful if they know that that is what your what your actual intention is. Yeah. Um, and you know what, there's a really important thing to remember, the people who, I so few people have given me a tough time about it, which maybe isn't surprising, but I've, I, I expected it more. Um, the, a, the people who do badge you are often the ones who it's a reflection of them and, and their relationship with alcohol. And also, mm. If someone is like prodding, I at first, when I was early days, took that as kind of interrogation. But what I then came to understand is actually, if someone's prodding you about it, it, is because they're interested. There <laughs> are so many people who are, who are kind of curious. Looking at this, yeah, they're curious. Mm. And so actually, if you if you can try and not put your barriers up, and and um and actually have that conversation with you, you'll be surprised how many people how many people yeah um are interested and actually for me before, prior to me um actually giving up there'd been two things that were kind of i felt like the universe pushing me in that way so i did a podcast which i think you're going to put in your show notes with meli gooch from sober girls club and I, I did an episode of my own podcast with her And at that point, yeah, she was sober and I wasn't. And everything she said, just like light bulb moments. And then the second thing I went to an event, I went to Bryony Gordon's book launch and a guy called Sober Dave was there. He just he just had a, a quiet conversation with me at the bar, and I might have looked like I was interrogating him, but that was <laughs> the, week, the, the weekend before I gave up. You oh, know, wow. I just, needed, I just needed those little tiny nudges. Yeah, that amazing. To me that, that this was my journey. So, yeah, that's not quite the same as how do you deal with events, but just there will be, for everyone that is tipping Prosecco down their throats, there'll be a whole lot of people that aren't. And just and just find them. Yeah. And and have and the and the gorgeous thing is is that I've had really brilliant chats with people. And actually, while we might not be talking to the loudest person in the room, you might end up finding you're talking to the most interesting person in the room. And actually, when I go to events now, especially if they're work ones, I might actually do what those things are for, which is a bit of useful networking because I'm compass mentors. <laughs> and I'm. And I, I'm having, I'm having great chats. And yeah, it's so lovely to, especially now when we don't go out. Oh God, if I went out now. Oh, I'd come, I know. I'd love to be able to have proper conversations with people. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a, it's a joy, isn't it? It's the greatest thing.
0: It's brilliant advice. Thank you. And I was just thinking there, it's like flipping it on its head. Rather than seeing the lack of the alcohol, you're seeing oh. like the gain of the connection and, and the gain of the clarity of conversation and the, be able, the ability to and remember
1: it. Also- yeah and the other thing that i have noticed is if you go out for dinner everyone's so drunk by the time pudding comes i'm always like hold up i'm not drunk i'm gonna enjoy every mouthful of this meal there's so many times when you're kind of you're eating nice food and people aren't really in zoned in on what on On the food yeah do you and you're like no i'm enjoying every mouthful of this i'm not gonna eat that because you're not concentrating (laughs) um and yeah, you know, it's like uh, the thing about sobrati is it—it's it, not a lack. It really isn't. Yeah. There's yeah. no. There's no part of it that, other than the quick access to relaxation, there is nothing else that I want from it at all. That's
0: great. And uh, you know, there's loads of things out there that can help people relax. So, you know, there is natural and alternative and fun and interesting, like even just dancing in the kitchen with your kids is a great way to shift off the kind of, the week's energy. Yes, and has, has the relationship with your children improved? Have you noticed anything there?
1: Oh yeah, I wouldn't say it's improved. I think that, again, I'm not here to judge anyone, but it breaks my heart to think that even after one gin I might have danced in the kitchen with them because I was feeling more fun but that that, that that mummy dancing wasn't really me it was me enhanced by alcohol and or you know if I'd let them run a bit more wild off on a Sunday lunch because I was having another glass of wine like I just learned that I am a hundred percent present for every single moment and, mm. you know, if, if is being fun, it's because it's me. Mm. And I just, I don't know. It, it, it's a, again, a really, a really big, serious part of this. Uh, someone wrote, again, I'll give you the link for your show notes, but okay. wrote a piece about being a child of, um, an alcoholic and our children are absolutely reliant on us we are there to parent them and even if you haven't got an alcohol problem I sometimes think if in the days when I would have had three glasses of wine had one of them woken up and actually I didn't I haven't really drunk since I've had kids that much but if Mm. one of them had woken up ill in the night and that does happen with kids like they just get ill from nowhere yeah like I hate the thought of having to do that half cut or I hate the thought of you know when you're a bit hungover not much but you're just a little bit more short tempered with them and a little bit less you know less apparent you want to be or even breathing wine breath on them i just mm. they don't, i just don't want any of that to be part of my kids childhood and yeah and that that's, I, that's like it's, it's quite
0: a brave thing to to do and to to see you know um yeah so well done. Yeah. when you raise the yeah. word alcoholic, like I, you know, there's a whole spectrum between kind of having a good relationship with alcohol, which me, well, for me, means like I could have one wine on a Friday and not drink for three weeks, and then have another wine with a meal and not drink for four weeks, and you know, versus all the way up to you know, very serious alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, the term sober. Is really associated with alcoholism because, and, and I don't know mm-hmm. why or where that's come from. It's probably just conditioning or how I've interpreted things. So, um, so I don't want to call myself sober in a way because I think it's like, well, I wasn't an alcoholic, but also sober feels very final to me too. Like, because people going on the kind of the sober, you know, the the um, alcoholic anonymous, um, journey that's like a very final step isn't it so what Mm -hmm. are your thoughts are like I think loads of us maybe are in the middle that you know just don't have a very healthy relationship and aren't able to take it or leave it and it's become more than just that um and maybe Mm. that's where many of us are in this kind of limbo stage but do you think there's more support for that now is there more kind of awareness and recognition for that
1: um, first of all, I just want to pick up on the language thing because it's the mm. it's the thing that I have most struggled with in the last couple of years. Like, what do I call myself? Um, you know, there is one school of thought of the sober community that's that sober is like a badge of honour and and not you know it's reframing something like sober Girls society, and that isn't mm. linked necessarily to the twelve steps. But I do understand that yes, yeah, sober off the back of twelve steps and uh, um, overcoming addiction—that is an unbelievable feat. Absolutely. But and people always say to me, "What was your relationship with alcohol like?" I wasn't drinking to a point that it was going to cost my relationship or my job. But you know what? You, you inch closer to this place without you realizing it and, and I really do mean that in the back of um, of the back of this pandemic. You know, mm. I've had conversations with people who've said to me recently, oh you know, I'm only drinking a bottle of half of wine a night and I'm I always know what I'm doing. It's like to someone now who doesn't drink, that sounds like an awful lot of alcohol to me. Mm. That, um and so you have to be really real. There's a great um a, Post about a great analogy within the addiction community, but I think it actually just relates to bad habits. These bad habits are like um, a lift or an elevator headed downwards, right? Whenever you choose to get off, it, you know, the earlier you choose to get off, the easier it is to walk the stairs back up. And the problem is, as that lift keeps going down, if it gets towards the bottom, sometimes the doors don't open at certain floors, you know, sometimes you've spiraled somewhere without you even realizing it. And so, yes, you might not consider yourself an alcoholic, but do you have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol, as you say? And I think mm. if if we land up in a place where your default to deal with day-to-day stress is alcohol, you have to be real that that is not a very healthy place to be. Yeah. Um, and, and, and also... <laughs> people wouldn't bang the drum about how challenging dry January was if there wasn't something really sticky in the middle of that. Um, So what's my point is that when the further I go into this world, the more I think um, many, many, many people are stuck in a very problematic relationship. Someone wrote a great piece for me and they said, being anti-alcohol is up there with one of the least popular opinions you could have in the UK. You mm-hmm. know, no nobody likes to be the person who says they don't like booze or that they don't, you know. And if you've ever, and I was this person, there was a girl who didn't drink in my ad agency. She was young and she didn't drink. And I sat next to her and honestly, <laughs> I just could not comprehend why anyone wouldn't drink. I think I probably was so annoying. and if. <laughs> I don't know. You've got to really check in with these things that we think are okay. Can yeah. Badger someone who who didn't drink coffee. No. So, um, I'm a bit ranty because I think getting these stats about the alcohol-related deaths and 2,000 percent increase in the in people googling "Am I an alcoholic?" Oh my gosh! I, I and the, and the messages I get, you know, people. I think this is a bigger problem than we all want to admit. Mm. And so you have to ask yourself, when do you want to get off the, the lift? And the, the sooner you do it, and even if that, as you say, with the sober curious thing, even if it is putting some really good breathing space into things, saying, you know what, I'm not going to drink till a Friday, or if I do want to drink, could I not drink tonight? Just I always feel like it's just stretching things a bit, isn't it? Like just checking in with yourself about what your relationship really is like and and trying to pull yourself back to a place where you are genuinely in control of it. Yeah, and I suppose,
0: like you just said, so they're taking it day by day and and not having this major goal. Like I started with just a... Basically, on a whim, it was like I woke up one day and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm going to start it now." It had been in my head for almost two years, and there was a a, a large part of me during those two years that was like, "I'm definitely not ready. I'm not. I'm not ready to mm-hmm. to have like a sober holiday, for example." Um, mm. And now I can't wait to experience a sober holiday and and uh. wake up every day like. Fresh rather than, oh, my God, I drank too much last night. um, and, and I really enjoy every moment of that precious time with the kids, you know, in the sunshine and everything. Like, you know, when we're allowed to have it. For me, it was like, all right, I'm just gonna give it a shot, and then it kind of like, like you say, I was watching the, the days clock up, and I was like oh, getting get a little bit proud. Oh God, a month gone by, two months, right? I'm gonna do mm-hmm. Christmas. You know, it was like, okay, I'm gonna go through sober Christmas, and then I was sat there through Christmas, going, wow, this is actually grand. It's easy. It's not wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't a big thing, you know. I think, I think maybe Irish people also have a huge Gosh, Yeah, Jesus, it's um, and I notice myself when I go home back to Dublin, I drink a hell of a lot. And I don't know if it's just like reunion time, kind of, you know, regrouping, reconnecting. It's it's like it brings out more within me Mm -hmm. um, than here. And I don't I don't understand that yet. I don't know why. So I am looking forward to going home soon, hopefully Mm -hmm. last year, but hopefully this year and, and experience that reconnection, that reunion with so much like you say clarity and
1: and connection mm-hmm. and and so interesting because i didn't i didn't start this with a view to never drinking again mm. and and people say will you ever drink again i would think it is really 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 unlikely that i would drink again but you know i just it is every day and every every hurdle you know and my brother got married in september after i'd given up in the may and i was went there i was like hey maybe you want to have a a glass of wine to toast them or a glass of champagne and i love champagne then do and then i got there and i was just like why would i not want to be totally with it in my brother's Mm -hmm. wedding day i want to remember every word of every speech and i just really said to myself if you want to have a drink have one and then you know the meal went by and I didn't have one and then it got into the evening and people started banging into you in the dance room. and you know like, oh no I really don't want to have a drink now um and I do have noticed that the cheese is now out while you're all drinking I'm gonna go and eat a lot of cheese and it's just <laughs> like you just you just it's just constant individual decisions that end yeah. up having it's the same with any it's the same with any habit yeah it's little little things that end up shifting things so and in this case so fundamentally that i can't see why i would want to give up what all that i have from not drinking in return for even the best glass of wine it's just like it's, it, it would be nice for 15 minutes and then it would yeah. be over and what's the and point then you would you would then you know regret breaking that yeah. I would like, throw it all away mm, and it's not in yeah. a, and I don't I don't feel bound by it I just feel like I mean more often than not now it just really doesn't even cross my mind
0: yes and that that I found that for me too it's like I got through kind of the first month second month and now it feels like you know I have basically a very well stocked fridge of non-alcoholic uh, things that I enjoy so I have found some beers mm. and even like I have a bottle of you know the no or, or whatever in the fridge in case I mm-hmm. want it or need it, and some weekends I won't even open that kind of thing, and it's no. just there if I need it. And I have found like on a Friday night I will grab my non alcoholic beer, and I'll and take the beer beer. sip. well, I like, I'll take yeah, exact. I will take the first sip and I will go oh, and I feel it's so weird. I'll feel that like oh that little like. Mm you know relief Relaxing. that I would have gotten yeah from a, a normal beer and then 10-15 minutes later I was like oh yeah I haven't really like engaged with that the rest of that beer no. or I've only drunk about you know two-thirds of it or mm. something Um it's
1: just a drink yeah it's just like people <laughs> I mean, was like what do you drink instead of I was like I drink a lot of fizzy water yeah it's really boring I mean yeah I'd like non-alcoholic beer is the thing that is the closest but I do keep saying it's just there were other things i mean let's be real i've got pretty severe chocolate habit mm, but same. again i can justify buying by nice chocolate while you're all dropping because suddenly you're just like oh my god you're about to spend whatever 10 quid on a bottle of wine 10 pounds i mean three of those i can buy you can just start buying really good stuff so yeah i do spend a lot of in an old life more money on food and yeah chocolate yeah, um, I definitely have noticed
0: the dark chocolate um, addiction has gone up yeah.
1: since the alcohol. So you know down. what?
0: But I'll tackle that another time. I'm fine with it for the yeah. moment.
1: Yeah, and also, look, we're living in a really bad time. So if oh, yeah. need- chocolate and for me, exercise are the two things that get me through. I'm all right about it.
0: Yeah, excellent. Um, you mentioned before that Ben's obviously still drinking. How, how mm. In the early days, how was that? I mean, it must have been an adjustment for him.
1: You know what? It's not even in the early days. We had a really frank conversation recently. Um, so when, sorry, just sidetrack. When I first gave up, some a friend of mine from advertising, funnily enough, said to me, "Be warned, my, myself and my husband, two guys, they we both gave up drinking, and our marriage broke down." I was like, "Oh my word, that is bleak. Not going to be me." And I hope Ben doesn't mind saying me saying, but it's been a bigger issue for us than. I expected and actually I think more for him than for me because he's he's lost a a partner in crime you know we Mm. we got together because we partied together and yeah we did used to sit up and have a bottle of wine and put the world to rights and and I don't want to do that anymore um when we went away for our wedding anniversary and again part of that would have been having yeah some, something nice to drink and i'm opting out of that and there's i think it's sad for him or hard for him that that that, that, that connection between us is gone and actually there is no easy solution because i'm not asking him not to drink yeah. he doesn't drink as much you know he drinks fine now but yeah. i'm not going to relinquish this journey and so it is something we're going to have to work through i have to really really well I'm not very good at it actually like if he is hungover, i find that really really annoying now mm. um because i'm just like this is such a waste of time well but i have to really try and bite my tongue and let him let off steam in the way that he wants to let off steam yeah. um yeah um but it, yeah in all honesty it's not easy at all
0: yeah yeah and i suppose like like anything you just kind of have to communicate and work through it as best you can and maybe he can yeah. see the the benefits that
1: it has you know brought to your oh, life yeah. mm. definitely he doesn't have to talk me down from terrible terrible anxiety anymore <laughs> i think it's more that's yeah, good. That he misses he misses the, a version of me that is gone yeah and I, um, you
0: know maybe you do you know maybe we all miss that version of ourselves as well yeah but why- Maybe that version of ourselves hasn't but, actually been around in a while, anyway, becoming a mom. So it's so kind of mom. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, um, you know, it's it's a, the 20s version of ourselves, which does feel like quite a long time ago to <laughs> me.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and maybe, you know, maybe a lot of it is around acceptance, you know, acceptance that. Yeah. We did the best that we could with the, you know, this is I say this all the time. We do the best that we can with the knowledge and experience we have at the time. And at the time, we were just, you know, living life, having a great time, yeah, you know, dancing away, and and doing, you know, focusing on our careers and all the kind of stuff. And then, and then motherhood happens, and we are cracked open, and it's like holy sh*t, like what yeah, is this? now? Yeah, and 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 we're still obviously trying to find that out. And 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 sometimes, like you say, the taking alcohol out of the mix allows you that space allows you that space to fight to reconnect mm. another question sobriety and lockdown easier or harder
1: um it's it's both it's i was surprised mm. at like early lockdown lockdown one i definitely had urges to drink that i hadn't had before but uh, yeah especially based on these statistics coming out but also just in myself I'm so grateful that I'm not adding that into my mix of it, there's so much to navigate for our own headspaces at the moment yes um I know and our anxiety
0: it, is it, so it, high already isn't it it's so like,
1: high yeah yeah I'm really you have to really grab onto all your or not your code mechanisms, all your tools for self-preservation mm. and if alcohol was one uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I've really not pity at all. I feel really empathetic for people who are who are finding themselves in a habit now that has become something more than what it was a year ago, and I can absolutely understand how that might have happened. Because absolutely, yeah, jokes aside, I my like eating habits are not what they how I like them to be. I'm having to yeah really dig deep to 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 steady the ship. Um, and yeah i'm really grateful not to have alcohol to be one of those things
0: and for someone who who is maybe just just becoming aware that that the last year or so has taken its toll with their um alcohol relationship with alcohol what would what would you advise them to do like is there a place where you start kind of being more aware or observing like is there a, is there a recommendation I think to that's kind of exactly start it. Co- counting what you actually take in maybe because some people just
1: you know I'm- we <sighs> mindlessly drink don't we well that's it i don't think it's to do with counting it's just being really aware for me it was asking myself why i was drinking Mm. and being really honest with myself what that was about if really the root of it was something negative then then the habit is negative um i as we said about those conversations with strangers like events but also just starting to to follow some people who Are in the kind of sober community and hearing different conversations because I think you can easily surround yourself where you just cannot imagine life without alcohol. But um, obviously, it's a brilliant place. And I think, as we've said, that if you can distract yourself out of one night, every night or day without drinking, whether that's one less in a week or one less in a month, is still a positive action. And actually, I do, as we both said, you wake up the next day and that feeling of yes, I did it, is something that does become something you crave in the mm. same way as when you have positive alcohol, uh, positive relationship with exercise, and so quite quickly, you'll. I hope that you'd be able to reframe it that yeah, what you lack in a quick relaxing on a night, you gain with feeling really proud of yourself and a bit smug the next day. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's just it's just starting smaller. Like and really, unless you're further down the, that end of the scale, that like this doesn't have to be a am giving up and I'm never drinking again." It's yeah. it's about regaining con- your relationship, your, your control with your relationship with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant advice. Thank you. And you know, I had a sip of um, oh Dave's wine the other night, and I was like, oh my god, that tastes disgusting. <laughs> and I've done. It's I've noticed it with um, and because I'm curious to see what it tastes like now that I haven't had it in my and it feels it tastes very like metallic and,
1: yeah, yeah. It's so weird this yeah is, I, so... Was a sm- I was a smoker back in the day mm. and then every now and then I'd try and have a cigarette because I'd you know I'd ho- hold it up on this pedestal like it was going to be amazing and then you have a drug you're like oh my god that's absolutely disgusting yeah and of course with alcohol it doesn't taste like fags but it we we've we tell ourselves you know i'll miss the flavor i mean you can get really good substitutes and yes. there are loads yeah. of other nice tasting things i just and i think your sensitive taste but gets massively improved actually yeah probably um, and and your, so your gut health so your appreciation is the,
0: yeah you know like you're you're oh, not yeah. you're... and your skin yes yeah, so your 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 whole body is changing and and alchemizing to a different in a different way and the link between yeah. that and mental health anyway is absolutely
1: massive yeah yeah but so there's so, so many ch- I just touched on this this skin thing every now and then people like I'm obviously with wrinkles because I'm older but my actual skin because I'm never dehydrated people are like oh what do you do to your skin <laughs> they're like when you say oh I don't drink it's like no oh, no that is not the answer that
0: <laughs> they watch. were looking for like, <laughs> what cream can I buy? Yeah.
1: Sorry, I'm just a, this is my person that just only drink water on a night out and does um, <laughs> do wonders for your complexion.
0: I know, I know, it's good. Um, a lot of th- I've noticed a lot of reels and things that, and, and TikToks and stuff at the moment kind of reflecting and mirroring back mums that drink in a humorous way um what is your thoughts on that and i know it, it's a hard question because every each to everyone's own and i totally you know that's absolutely mm. fine
1: yeah i i i no longer find it funny <laughs> yeah it, um because yeah i go back to that lift the bit the lift analogy like you just that you don't know where someone's at and just because someone else can can drink a couple of gins every night and it'd be funny and okay for the next person that might not be okay and I think we can all kid ourselves because it's something you know gin o'clock or wine o'clock or you know mummy with a bottle of prosecco. because we laugh it off and it becomes normalized yeah we're really really tuning out of the reality of this um but I'm I'm not here to pile shame on anyone else, because if you are, because you're, we all know, well, I I think we all know deep down where we're at on that scale and, and whether you're doing something that, that really is something that you want to be doing. And yeah, it's, it's just. It's just having your eyes open to it all and checking in with it with yourself, not not everybody else. Yeah, because yeah. That is the thing that we've touched on. In your 20s, you're so much about everyone, aren't you? You're like, what? <laughs> you know, just being in the crowd and, and doing what everyone else is doing and it's all about your friends. And then the older you get, you've got to tune more into yourself and what works for you. Yeah, um, and, and your family. You know, whether alcohol really does. And your family. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah, it's funny that this... Not funny, but the pandemic has brought people inwards, and I've seen it in so many different ways. People are realising, yeah. "Oh God, I have a lot of trauma here." <laughs> like as as you take mm. and you strip away the the noise, yeah. the noise of you yeah. know entertainment, involved. yeah, and it, and you're left with yourself. Like sometimes that can be very uncomfortable, mm. and that's maybe where the 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 temptation comes you know for the increase of maybe a wine in the week and stuff With mumming, um,
1: isn't it it's all the same stuff like scrolling is yeah the sort of thing. you're checking out, you're checking out or something and there's a time and a place to check out don't get me wrong oh, yeah. But, but you've got to begin to be aware of, of when that's happening and why
0: yeah and like use this time as an opportunity i know people who are talking to me and working with me who you know have decided now now is the time i am ready to deal and release mm. and heal because i cannot continue carrying this anymore you know there's like mm. you say there's always like the underlying reason for wanting to numb and i think now is a great opportunity you know obviously everyone's on their own timeline and people will do things when they're ready and you would never i would mm-hmm. never push anyone into anything you know that's not right for them so I suppose what we're saying here is just is checking in it's checking with yourself like Mm. and saying is is my relationship healthy and or is there anything I think I could change or want to change about Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. yeah exactly that that's all it can be that's all yeah
1: and 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 go lightly with yourself on it yeah very gentle And and no
0: judgment and no shame. I mean, we we get enough no. from that inner critic no, no. all the time. Hundred percent,
1: right? yeah, hundred yeah, percent. You know, and I, the only reason I like am starting to shout a bit louder about the sober mum thing is because I think the loudest voice in the room, partly because of the booze, is that, that mum, the that mummy has a a couple of gins, and I want to represent, yeah, the other side of it. But
0: yeah, everyone right, do
1: what works for you.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. And, you know, I can, I've, I've, I was looking through your feed yesterday and, and in preparation for this and the amount of messages of people who are already on the sober journey um, and, and those that have been directly inspired by you is amazing. And, you know, uh, really feel proud of yourself for, for voicing and sharing you. your journey because experiences really do help people, other people
1: yeah yeah i mean i wouldn't be here without hearing some other people's stories and mm. yeah um and thank you and it and it and it lifts me up too you know this is the, social media at its best which yeah sometimes gets really blurred it, it is this community and is you know me having talked to you today is is kind of like a, a bonus therapy session you know, <laughs> saying out loud loads of stuff That I have been ruminating on my own over the last year. Yeah, it's like really good for me to check in and go, "Oh yeah, this is where you've got to. This is why you're doing it."
0: Yeah, and keep keep it going until until whatever happens happens. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And and I, you know, you've just launched the title and cover of a book that you've been writing through lockdown last year. Like
1: that's been incredible. oh my word what a thing so yeah the book is called um but why how to answer tricky questions from kids by having honest conversations with yourself and I signed the book deal um at the very beginning of April last year I was like this is the perfect project for (laughs) um now oh my word that was quick you've pulled that out of the bag
0: very quickly
1: Uh, The hours, the hours that have gone into it. But yeah, the the structure is that I take, one by one, I take all these big questions. So, um, but why do people fall in love? But why do people get married? Uh, But why don't I look like everybody else? But why do people exercise? But why do people drink alcohol? It's in there. And one by one, I've like pulled together all all that I've learned from Mother of All Lists and from Honestly and from my own experience and tried to just give frameworks for answering them but in doing so, I have literally had to ask myself what I think about all of these huge yeah. subjects, huge subjects. And it's really good to A scrutinize it and B go, oh my word, I don't know what I think. I don't know yeah. how I answer that to my child. And if I don't know, where do I go to know? Because the, the thing is these questions come up but like on the tuesday night when you're trying to put the kids to bed <laughs> and you want to go and eat your dinner and they suddenly ask you like oh you no know, but why do people die and it's like oh no oh no i've got to like this is this is part of the job of a parent and I've this is be- like it. the
0: manual that you didn't get when you
1: when you popped a baby out it is yeah And it's also just learning how to think about what you think, which again we're in this like call-out culture. People sharing and resharing. It's really good to get all of what everyone else is thinking, but you've got to know what you think.
0: There's an element of like um, encouraging your child to think for themselves as well. Like it's it's a present you're presenting information, and then and and this is what I believe. But then what do you? It's kind of like almost encouraging that conversation where where previously you might have kind of shied away from.
1: Yeah, exactly. And also the reality of parenting is we're preparing our kids for a world that we don't know what it's exactly. going to look like. I mean, yes. and, and yeah. the last year and a half has been a prime example of that, like mm. without like teaching them about having curious minds and and scrutinizing their own thoughts and understanding where you get your information from, that's all that we can do. And, and yeah, so it all kind of ends up being I like in the first line, I say, I'm sorry if you came here for the answers because I haven't got, the, you know, <laughs> you have to be really comfortable with not knowing and, and learning how you go about that. So um, it's been an experience, but I'm very proud of it. And it's available to pre-order now. And I really hope that people read it. Otherwise, it's been like quite a massive undertaking for no other reason other than my own breakdown. So, um, yeah, please do order it. I'm sure. I'm sure they will. And I can imagine
0: the amount of research that you put into this was must oh. have been massive.
1: Oh, I don't know what I was doing, honestly. It's, it's been um, it's been a real experience. But through all these painful things, you do always come out having learn a lot about yourself so I am grateful I'm almost at the point where I couldn't be grateful I'm not quite far enough away from it yet to to feel that but it it, it's been an experience for sure
0: yeah and like like you said there we don't know what future our children are going to have and just start preparing them for that in in some of these areas these topics like body image sexuality reproduction like that those those things are so so important so thank you on behalf yeah. of all the mums and dads who are going to read this book <laughs> um, thousands and pleasure. millions of them all around the world so. thank you for putting in that time and, and collating <laughs> this amazing handbook <laughs> oh, my pleasure and Thank you for your time today. It's been an absolute honour to have you on the podcast. I'm so oh, thrilled. it's
1: been a, it's been a real joy too. I, mean, I feel like I might have borderline a bit ranty at times, but it, it's oh, a big no.
0: subject. It is a big subject and I think it's something that people are very interested in right now. So I think it's an important conversation to have. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, please follow and share this podcast. And before I go... I wanted to tell you about my new Tapping Into Motherhood membership and community. I've created a beautiful space that gives you access to a library of tools that will help you release, heal, ground, love and connect with yourself in your own time and at your own pace. From pre-recorded tapping videos, to healing audio meditations, to ancestral trauma workshops and downloadable resources covering pre and postnatal topics, your mind, body and soul are totally covered and you will find the right tools to support you on your motherhood journey. Plus, you can access a community area where you can share your journey, ask questions and get support. And I'll be offering support too with live tapping circles, Q&A sessions and more. The aim of this is to help you let go of the past, heal your physical and emotional wounds, love yourself more, feel so worthy, and to live a more joyful life. To find out more, visit tappingformomscom forward slash membership and really hope to see some of you there.